It's a Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. That was extra. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. All right, we're back at it again. This time we did rewatch a cartoon. <laughs> we did rewatch a cartoon. We actually rewatched a cartoon that mm-hmm. I remember seeing. So. Same. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually doing what our name says this time. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> Is there anything does she want to say before we tell them what it is? No. I mean, other no. than it's still fucking pandemic time, baby. Oh, it is. It's currently August pandemic yep. year, yeah. by which I mean pandemic forever. Oh, God. I don't know. This is going to change us as a generation. It's Isn't already it? too That's late. not this podcast. <laughs> there are other podcasts besides us who are going to talk about the effects of that. So let's just do a little bit of escapism. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, so what do we watch? Just tell the people. Okay, the <laughs> we watched Batman Beyond. Woo! Okay, so the theme song and all the music for this <laughs> show are synth music and guitar riffs making out. They're definitely not fucking, but they're making out like to make all the music That's in true. this show. So the opener starts with a low bass of just... And then a guitar just goes fucking apeshit for like, I don't know, what, 40 seconds? Yeah, yes. And it's... So everybody, I'm going to mimic this, but very rarely do I do this. If you don't like weird sounds, this is not for you. So just heads up. So a guitar goes nuts and it goes It does that and there's like a whole break in the middle of it where it goes bow wow 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 and then the initial riff comes right back in with a really great it's it's probably the best impression that human vocal cords can do (laughs) (laughs) oh also side note when this theme song is happening there are no lyrics but in the first half of the opener for the show are bad words like apathy and crime and like gritty thoughts and then in the second half of this opening are justice and hope and stuff yeah, and there's not really any, like, indicator that you've transitioned. It's just that suddenly the words are, like, positive words instead of negative words. Yeah, and you see Batman more. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only indication that they're talking about something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'll do uh, the, the summary overview. Mm-hmm. Batman Beyond is a sequel series to the Batman animated series. It was developed by Bruce Tim and Paul Denny, who both worked on the animated series, and Alan Burnett, who also worked on the animated series, but has a really long history uh, in writing and producing cartoons, including DuckTales, Superman, and more recently, the Justice League action cartoon. Mm-hmm. I looked at his list. He's kind of like everywhere. Batman Beyond was produced by Warner Brothers Animation in collaboration with DC Comics, like most other Batmans. Yep. The show has three seasons with 52 episodes and one movie at the end. Yeah. It began in 1999, and the show basically screams that at you the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) This is a show you cannot remove from its time because it's so clearly a show 
picturing a very distinct version of what we thought the future was going to be like. Yeah, the story is set in 2039, Future Gotham, like Mm -hmm. all caps Future Gotham. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's very like heavy punk goth aesthetic, and it features a lot more science fiction than your average comic book cartoon. And the premise is that Bruce Wayne has grown old and has stopped being Batman for about 20 years. Uh, He meets a hot-headed teenager named Terry McGinnis, Uh, and soon takes him on as a new bat apprentice. As is typical, the big baddie is a corporate CEO named Derek Powers, who has taken over the merged Wayne Powers Enterprise, and that's where the show kicks off. Yes. Also, I really love that explanation of, like, Batman ages. Batman is still out in these streets being Batman and Bruce Wayne until he, uh uh-oh, gets too old and uses a gun once. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah, he like he the opening of the first episode is Batman actually in 2019, which I didn't know until I was reading about it. Mhm. Uh so last year, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, last year Bruce used a gun. Batman He over. was like getting beat up and he was losing the fight and he was like I got to I got to grab this gun and he like threatens. He doesn't even actually shoot the gun. He just no. points it at the the bad guy. Mm-hmm. who runs off mm-hmm. and it's such a like traumatic moment for him that he quits being batman yeah which honestly might explain some things because now we're in a no batman time zone maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing maybe that's why the world is like this it's the no batman oh, time because zone. batman quit on us you know what that's very possible <laughs> i hadn't thought about that but you could be right we gotta wait until 2039 yeah it just skips over that part it's just like oh no batman it is and it's kind of weird because from what i can tell Gotham is not any different. No. <laughs> also, like, when Terry becomes Batman, the city is like, oh, Batman? Hey. I know. Batman, not you? Oh, cool, Batman's back. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, oh, hey, it's Batman. I remember Batman. Yeah, everybody's just sort of like, oh, shit, Batman. Hey. Which I gotta say, I really appreciate because one of the things that annoys me about Star Wars is that people can't remember anything that happened more than, like, two years ago. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, you're like, mm-hmm. the Jedi are legends. And you're like, that was literally 19 years ago. Why don't you yeah. actively remember them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? I could see Batman becoming a legend way faster than the Right? Jedi. He's just, like, one guy in a costume. You'd be like, yeah. that could not have been real. Like, me in the 70s, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, could you imagine kids being like, oh, shut up, Grandma. Mm-hmm. There was no Batman. That's fun, but that's not a thing that happens. Right, right. Mm-mm. But no, instead everyone's like, oh yeah, I totally remember Batman. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny too, because the first, when Terry first becomes Batman, there are a few criminals who are sort of like, what the fuck? Batman? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? I haven't seen you in ages. And everybody just sort of goes from like, what the fuck Batman to, I bet it's a new Batman. All right, well, we've got Batman again. Like, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, yes. Gotham crime accepts new Batman very quickly. <laughs> yeah, they quickly comprehend the situation and roll with it. So, <laughs> it's pretty great. Pretty fun times. Should probably add that Terry's father is killed at first episode. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Spoilers. For the Show's very first episode. 21 years old. Yeah, first episode. <laughs> His father is killed, of course, by the big bad guys for mm-hmm. corporate reasons. 
classic espionage <laughs> which of course spurs terry to want to become batman yep or at least use batman's powers because i don't think he truly leans into being batman until like mid second season but i think that's like a philosophical thing you know true his first impulse is revenge and it takes time for him to move past mm-hmm. that initial impulse which you know to be fair batman is pretty much the same yeah Bruce like Wayne actual is batman was like revenge yeah. but on a whole city and then it right. was like oh altruism with fighting <laughs> <laughs> right so i mean cool stuff barbara gordon is the commissioner which she's married to the da and that seems like the biggest oh, conflict wow. of interest i've ever heard of in my whole life i mean look the justice department of gotham city is like <laughs> yeah. i guess they're just like listen we're just surviving on this piece like we didn't have batman and we still had super villains <laughs> right they're only the only people who are like dedicated to actual justice <laughs> yeah so overall, I felt like the show held up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I was enjoying my rewatch. I watched like the first five episodes straight through. I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Same. So I, I watched like the first six or seven and then I was like, oh shit, I gotta bounce around. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to keep going, but I ran out of time. So I like skipped ahead to the mm-hmm. second season and then I skipped to uh, the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get to watch the movie, which is called The Return of the Joker. Oh, isn't it good? I didn't watch oh. the movie in my rewatch, but it's one of those movies that has stuck with me. So like, personally, like my review could be if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, which one, why are you here? Second, uh, my review (laughs) short version is still slaps. Like, (laughs) yeah, I liked it as a kid and I like it now, but I really think people should return to Batman Beyond, especially if you or anyone you know is trying to write a sequel. And I don't care if you're trying to write a sequel to a myth like King Arthur or whatever, or if you're literally going, huh. I want to make the next Avatar The Last Airbender. Don't, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this is a really good show to be the second, you know? Because, like, Terry has similar motivations, but not the same. There's similar villains that aren't the same, that are actually updated appropriately for his time. And some of the storylines are still unique, which particularly shines in the movie. In the Batman Beyond movie, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I do agree. It definitely makes a good sequel because it manages to pay a lot of homage to the animated series and Batman in general without just repeating it. So that was nice. I mean, the aesthetic is very Batman, but again, it's like future punk goth Batman. Yeah, Yeah, it translated well. (laughs) Yeah, the color schemes stay very... There's a lot of, like, you know, black shadows. and Bruce Wayne is always a little bit, you know, dark purple colored like Batman. Mm -hmm. There's also... I can't explain. I would keep. I was trying to think of like how do I explain how 1999 this is, and I thought <laughs> there's a club in the show where like the kids like to go to dance, and the lighting in that club is a giant lava lamp, mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Dana is Dana is Terry's girlfriend. Her stock outfit is a spaghetti strap bodycon dress with combat boots. Yes. That's how 90s the show is. Yes. Like, there is a girl in this show in the background whose name is Blade. She's not important. <laughs> She's just there. She's just there, but her name <laughs> is Blade, and everyone is like, yep. Like, there's Dana, there's Chelsea, and Blade. And it's just, yep. It's just fine. <laughs> That's just the way people are named in 2039 Gotham. Yeah, but that's that's how 90s this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just need to get that point across. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the voice acting is pretty professional, I think, yeah. which makes sense because the animated series was as well. 
So a lot of the voice actors do just a lot of cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did want to give a shout out to George Takei for yes. being in the first couple of episodes. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and of course, our buddy Frank Welker oh, plays yeah. Ace the Dog. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I love it. Yeah. So uh, I was like, of course he does. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we went to the person who does the animal stuff. No one else can do it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what the cartoon industry is going to do without Frank Walker. I think it's now just libraries. I wonder if they just had a day where they had him go in and do a bunch of sounds and now that's it. Probably. That's all everybody uses. I mean, he's been doing animal noises for like, God, yeah. ever. Jesus, like See, 60 years. <laughs> this is where it's like, if we were a research podcast, we'd be like, well, I called them up. And it's like, no, we don't know. We're just guessing. We don't know. I just know <laughs> that he's done every animal in every cartoon forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds like a pretty sweet gig, honestly. <laughs> <It does. laughs> what other notes did you have? Oh, I got lots of notes. Cool. <laughs> I just... <laughs> If you have notes, you can share it too. No, my note was Batman still slaps, and if you oh, want to okay. die, uh, take a shot for every time there's a guitar riff in the show. You will die within oh, episode three. And that's seriously. like not counting the opening. Yeah. Like the music is also so incredibly 90s and of its time. And it is. I felt myself listening to it as an adult being like, is this necessary? And as a kid who watched it going, hell yeah, this is great. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like, if you want to feel like you're watching The Matrix, but you don't want to actually watch The Matrix, yeah. this is a cartoon for you. Yeah, which, like, no shade to The Matrix, but it's, like, they're cut from the same uh, aesthetic cloth. Yeah. It's not the same storytelling cloth at all, but aesthetically, you could put them next to each other and go, like, oh, yeah, that was the same time period of stuff. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> what 1999 was like. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it was. Yeah. So, one thing I did want... I know we've talked about it before, but... I get really tired of villains who are super mean to their minions. Ugh, yes. And, uh, man, Derek Powers is a dick. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. I, I just, like, my problem is that I watch, like, him be super mean to his minions, and I'm like, why would you work for this guy? Like, there's no mm-hmm. way he's paying you enough as a security guard that it's worth putting up with this guy who may just, like, throw you over a railing to your death, you know? You know who really got me with that? Who? His fucking doctor. Yes! Like, this man has been exposed to so much radiation he becomes a physical supervillain and he's busy like throwing his doctors around and shit and i'm like sir what if they just fucking left ironically the show kind of answers that about midway through (laughs) (laughs) there you go but yeah it's just like man why would these people work for you Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I need villains who, like, you can understand why the people who work for them do so. Yeah. Uh, which is rare. But um, you do, I do think you get a little more nuance with the, uh, there's a gang called the Jokers. Yeah, I love them. Yes, I love them too. They're basically just teenagers in a gang. They dress up like clowns mm-hmm. and they call themselves the Jokers. Which, like, again, this is why I'm kind of like, this is a good show to watch if you're trying to figure out how to do a sequel because a gang of malcontent teenagers dressing up like clowns and truly calling themselves after one of Gotham's most notorious, dangerous, and terrible supervillains totally makes perfect sense. It totally does. It works out really well. So it makes sense in the timeline, and it also makes sense in the, like, aesthetic of the setting. Mm Mm-hmm. But I really like them. You get a few episodes where there's really some nuance to the characters that you see. Because some of them are recurring. 
Mm-hmm. And I also really love they, like, never leave each other behind, pretty much. Like, they're yeah. always trying to, like, grab each other after they get beat up by Batman. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> they very often ride in on, like, four motorcycles and leave on two. <laughs> yes, that's common. Yeah. Um, but they don't leave each other behind. No. Like, oh, look at that. See, like, I understand why you're part of this gang, because mm-hmm. you stick together. And, you know, Gotham kind of sucks, so, like, why wouldn't you be why in this not? gang? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like from a storytelling perspective, it takes away the need to have a Terry's Joker because he doesn't like right. Like he has mm-hmm. a big supervillain in uh, Blight slash Derek Powers, but he does not have a Joker level villain of like trying to give him this whole mystery thing, but also right. being really terrifying and going too far. No, he has a spattering of other villains that have some parallels to them, but it's just it fully removes trying to recreate the Joker, which is nice. Yes, uh, which I think is probably a really brilliant move on their part because it is hard to make a villain like the Joker. Yeah, and again, in the movie, they just bring him back in a way that is terrifying oh God, and yeah, I... full of trauma. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do want to talk about Return of the Joker more, So, but I'll save it for a little okay. bit later. I do love it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the show just sidesteps the entire issue and it's like, no, no, no. It was like Corbett espionage and, mm-hmm. you know, still some like weird chemical accidents, of, of course. Of course, it's Gotham. That's how you make, yeah, it's Gotham and that's how you make villains. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so, so exactly. Also, have I sung the song on this podcast that Wraith and I have about Batman? I don't think so. Okay, so anytime we watch anything having to do with Batman, it could be a movie or we're reading a comic or watching a cartoon, doesn't matter. This song will always apply. It's Gotham, where everything explodes. Yay, fire! <laughs> like, that's just... Every iteration of Gotham builds superheroes or builds supervillains and gets rid of supervillains <laughs> through giant accidents. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's a real like quality control problem in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rough. Man, yeah. <laughs> there's so many explosions. And there are those Batman explosions where like an entire like factory mm-hmm. campus like goes up in huge ball of flames. And you're just like, this happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, How do you have any infrastructure left? (laughs) Right? I think my favorite thing about those is one of two things happens. One, cut to Batman staring on a rooftop or quipping something as he leaves. Or two, you see the villains somehow being arrested by the police. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Everything just exploded. And Batman's either like, keep the change. And you're like, sir, (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you murdered them. Or it's just like, yeah, the police are here and they got the bad guys out somehow. Somehow. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I will say, in keeping with 90s shows, people die in this. They do. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, very 90s on that. Uh, So you get the the hover cars and you get characters who die. Mm -hmm. That's what the 90s brought us. Yes. (laughs) Also, I guess real romance. Like, there's some moments of, like, actual romance in this show that other shows would be like, nah. It's true. I think think it's fair to say that this show is not aimed at young children. It's, I would say, pretty squarely aimed at teenagers. Mm -hmm. Teen maybe tween, but mostly teen. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would say the 10 and up crowd is Mm -hmm. really where this is targeted. Yeah. So, yeah. So, some downsides for me. Uh, Talking about age groups, it definitely leans pretty heavily into some of the teenager tropes. Mm -hmm. I don't know which ones were your least favorite, but... There's a lot of the, like, jock, mm-hmm. hot girl nonsense. Yep. 
Yeah, and and very much like women only get to be people sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a real big downside for me. There's a lot of uh, I think this this goes for both race and gender. There are like background adult characters who are women mm-hmm. and sometimes they are black but there's not that many no it's, and they're not very important <laughs> yeah they're just kind of there in terms of just set dressing and it's not enough of it to truly be to be able to call it diverse so if you look at any of the cartoons we've recommended one of the things we tend to love about them is if you look at the background there is enough ambient diversity in every episode that it feels like it's intentional mm-hmm. versus like I want to say like every fifth episode I saw maybe a person of color in the background and there's very little diversity of body types in background characters. Yeah. Um, Not just like race or sex. So. No, they're all sort of triangular. (laughs) Which is definitely on the one hand, it is a stylistic choice that you're like, okay, I get it. But on the other hand, it's the 90s where we pretended because there was one black girl who got speaking lines. It was Gucci. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, the show basically like passes that low bar of what you should be in 1999, but mm-hmm. they weren't really trying to achieve anything else. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, they're here, <laughs> but that's kind of all you can say about it. Yeah. The named female characters are just girlfriends. Yes. That's pretty much their only role. I know there was, there's another character that I didn't actually see any episodes with, Ooh. who is... Max? Max is her oh, name? Oh, yeah. Max is great. So Max is not quite a Robin. Right. You know, she's more of like a guy in the chair kind of thing for Terry, but also more so for his social life. He comes to her for tech stuff, but also for like, hey, can I say that you're helping with homework and you tell my girlfriend that's why I'm not there rather than being like, I'm Batman. Because she found out that Terry was Batman through analytics. <laughs> Wow. And a well computer done. program. <laughs> yes. So she is a... It's a, another high school student that he goes to school with who he is friends with. Yeah. I'd say that's probably the best representation mm-hmm. we get for a character of color or a female character. <laughs> yeah. And you notice how she's both? Huh. Weird. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> she's also smart? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So somewhere along the line, someone was like, we can actually do better and Max showed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. But outside of that, not a lot going on. I think Max is voiced by Cree. Uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. I be Just because I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think her name is Cree Summers, who has done like basically every black kid on TV you've ever known. Like, wow. You are correct. Cree Summers. Like number five. Uh, oh, gosh. Who is Angelica's friend? On uh, Rugrats. Oh. Ugh, I hate that. I can't. I'm going to look her name Susie. up. Susie! Susie Carmichael. Thank you. So I have the internet. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you. Cree Summer with no S is her name. Yes. And anytime I hear her voice, I just smile and she makes me happy because she's voiced essentially anyone I felt represented by in my childhood. <laughs> wow. Well, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. She does a lot. <laughs> so there's Max Gibson. That's uh, sort of it, though. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it, so... But she she's worth mentioning. I think there's another black kid eventually, but he's in, like, one episode, and Terry saves him from something, and then he's sort of in the background sometimes, but never with lines. Just more like, hey, you remember that guy? He is sitting in class, you know? He is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> pretty like, much. well, thanks, show. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I guess, yeah, for me it was, there was a lot of, like, callbacks, especially in the early episodes, mm-hmm. to, like, those 80s, like, jock, nerd, hot girl stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, which I really don't like at all. No. As a nerd girl, hate them. <laughs> Big facts. Some of them <laughs> yeah. kind of come out okay, but the majority of them do not. Yeah, uh, so it was it wasn't enough that I disliked the entire show, but when it popped up, I was like, "Ugh, yeah, mm-hmm. this yeah. again." So I felt like in in some ways that makes it that marks it as like clearly a quote boy show. Yes, you yeah. know, and it's like, well, hey man, I'm here too. Yeah, it's kind of a show that girls get cool points for watching versus a show that is made for both boys and girls. Right. It's one of those, like, early nerd culture things where you feel a little bit like, as a female nerd person, you have to sort of, like, accept the sexism in order to be part of the in-group. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Weirdly <laughs> enough, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> but I will say a thing that's in its favor, not the sexism, I mean, the show, <laughs> but... <laughs> This, this Batman is, rel- is like, extremely episodic. There's only a yes. few episodes that have arcs to them. Well, I mean, you know, uh, multi-episode arcs. And they're usually mm-hmm. only two episodes long. So if, it's a show that if you know the basic premise, you can dip in and out of. And you can read an episode summary and you're like, oh, this episode sounds stupid. Don't watch it. <laughs> That's true. It is really episodic. I kind of miss that, honestly, mm-hmm. about shows. That you can just pop in and out and watch whichever ones you want. Yeah. Also, this one felt incredibly long to me as compared to modern cartoons because a lot of what I've been watching lately is either built to have no real commercial breaks in it or Mm -hmm. is built uh, for 15 minutes. Because, like, I've been watching Crag of the Creek, which is great. We'll do a recommend episode on it later. It's 15 minutes. And what they managed to do in 15 minutes is fucking astounding. Same with, like, Steven Universe, where they've done 15 minutes. But those have some, like, multiple episode arcs. Or, like, if you're watching, like, She-Ra on Netflix, it's not built for any commercial breaks. So the Mm -hmm. pacing feels a little bit different. Whereas, like, re-watching this, these were 20-minute episodes, and they felt like 30s because of the way they were paced out. Because there always has to be that, like, not quite cliffhanger, but something close for the commercial break, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting in terms of the rewatch here. That's fair. Yeah, it's, so it's definitely pre-streaming, and it feels that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got that old TV pacing, which yeah. I really like because that's what I grew up with. Yeah, so. it, it was nice. It felt like I had to truly be like, okay, I'm paying attention, you know? Right, because it's going to take you through that little one-episode arc mm-hmm. instead of... I mean, she was probably a good example. All the Netflix ones are because they're all built to watch in a binge. Mm-hmm. Like all the episodes are the arc. Like <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's a box, and you mm-hmm. can stop after one of them. But the story is so incomplete at that point. Right. So it's it's a really different vibe mm-hmm. for this. And if you grew up in the nineties, you would probably appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, what other notes do you have? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, I did tell you this while I was watching it. Is like the show feels like the people making it saw some anime, and they were like, hey. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make some. It has that in common with Avatar where they're like, hey, America, have you seen anime? Because we sure have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's just like mm-hmm. the whole aesthetic vibe. You're like, ah, yes. Someone saw Sailor Moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a couple of like just the choices of everything being a little bit pointier or like the way people's faces cast a shadow uh-huh. and you're like, hmm. Yeah. The way they're drawing the eyes and mm-hmm. stuff. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, I see what happened. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, and along with that, along with the whole aesthetic, the 1999-ness and the future setting, there's a lot of uh, computer conversation. Yeah. It doesn't totally make sense, but some of it actually does because someone had used a computer. Mm Mm-hmm. That happens. So it is a lot more sci-fi-ish than a lot of other, like, contemporary cartoons and other comic book cartoons. Like, people are... They actually, like, they want to steal, like, mainframes and yeah. things like that. And you're like, what? Yeah, and you're like, that's you know what a mainframe is. But they're like, the data on this chip could launch a satellite. And you're like, okay, okay. sure. That, yeah. one, that one's okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Although, how they depict their tech devices, like, what holds their tech changes from episode to episode. Like, sometimes it's a little disc. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's something reminiscent of a floppy disk. Sometimes it's a thumb drive. It just... It changes every episode, and it made me laugh every time. That's because it's 1999, and they literally had all three of those things, but they didn't know which one was going to become the winner. (laughs) See, now that's a drinking game you could do with Batman Beyond and not die. It's just every time a different kind of like memory storage code writing device or memory <laughs> device is on screen to take a sip. There you go. That's nice. That's funny. It does start with like a small disc, mm-hmm. but little did they know the cloud would one day be a thing. Yeah, literally. You don't need any of those. I'm just going to airdrop it to you. It's <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, I also felt watching the opening episodes that Batman might be the only franchise that actually understands digital surveillance prior to 2001. Yes. Yeah. There's always cameras. Of course, Bruce Wayne's got his giant monitors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, it's funny because I've watched a lot of things and it's typical that like prior to 9-11, no one's got a fucking clue about like a surveillance state. Mm -hmm. It's usually like so absent that I feel like viscerally weird about it I'm yeah like, why isn't anybody watching this mm-hmm. or Where's at least the like understanding what it could do you know right there's a minute where max tells terry because he's looking for something and she's like mm-hmm. i bet i could pull some images from the department of defense's satellites and first of all what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i know right but second of all yeah <laughs> Right? You're like, oh my god, yes, that is actually... That track. That is happening. (laughs) Thank you for understanding. Yeah, like, there are things where, like, you know, Terry's like, oh, I didn't catch that, but the ship's computers did, and they go back through the visual log on the ship or whatever, and they're like, oh, cool, now we know the numbers on this police car. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or there's just, like, all kinds of security cameras everywhere, and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, Batman really understood this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's why he's not just a superhero. He is a detective. Right. Yeah, yeah he's better at all that jazz. So <laughs> I was just thinking about that as I watched it because there's plenty of other things in 1999 now where you're like, well, that was an incorrect prediction for the future. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the episodes that you watched, did you have a favorite? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I watched the first, like I said, like five. Oh, I, one of the early ones is they bring Dr. Freeze. Yeah. Back. And that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I gotta say. Um, so that was one of the ones I feel like they're doing a great job of like tying it back to original Batman, mm-hmm. but also making this new story. I don't want to spoil that episode because it was really yeah. good. Did you watch the episodes with the Royal Flush Gang? No, but I was reading about it a little bit. (laughs) I would recommend them, but there's a moment at the end of it because it's an episode where Terry has to reconcile with the idea of like, what if Terry the kid likes someone but knows that they're a villain? Whoops. Mm. 
And at the end of it, Bruce is walking away with Terry and he's like, let me tell you about a woman named Selena Kyle. Nice. And it's like, oh, cute. Yeah. That's kind of like your cat woman. Love it. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one was good. But okay. Did you watch the Chimera episode? The splicing no, episode? No, you told Why? me you were watching that, but I don't know which episode that is. Oh my god, it's so good. I think it's literally just called splicing and I almost want to be like, you have to go back and watch it now. But I mean, I might. It was The show was going pretty well. (laughs) That's true. But I feel like lots of people who remember Batman Beyond, who are in our cohort of people, if you saw the splicing episode, it stuck with you real hard. Because let's be real. I don't make fun of furries because everybody had a point in their childhood where they were like, man, I wish I could be a cheetah. Like, (laughs) it's just some people stay brave and stay honest with that, where they're like, yeah, I do wish I could be a cheetah. That's fair. And the splicing episode is that in, like, a Batman Beyond episode, and it's still as an adult. I just wanted to say, for anyone listening to this who remembers the splicing episode, it is as fun as you remember. And if you wanted to be a cheetah, you're still gonna want to be a cheetah when you watch it. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> it obviously is one of the aspects of the show that sticks around because they mention it again in Return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly one of those plot relevant episodes. Yeah. No, I only watched one from season two because I ran out of time. So I watched one called Joyride, which did feature that amazing quote that I had sent you, which was this government scientist whose fancy future jet has been taken by Mm -hmm. some jokers. And there's a point where she's working with Terry Batman to get it back. And she tells him that there's a nuclear reactor, and he's like, that's illegal. (laughs) So the government scientist is like, I know nuclear reactors are illegal, but how was I supposed to design something state-of-the-art on the pitiful budget the government gave me? How? (laughs) I was like, yes. It's so good. I think also this show does a thing that I get really pissed off about in movies when they don't do it, is so many characters say a line that just Mm -hmm. tells you what's happening. It gives you so much extra information. So that line is hilarious and amazing and throwaway. But it also tells you, like, the scientist has a low budget and also low morals to get stuff done. Great. Like, there's so many episodes where Terry, like, is looking at something and goes, wow, it's amazing all these criminals get together once a month. And you're like, oh, cool. I know where I am. I know what's happening. (laughs) Great. Or, like, someone looks and they're like, cheese it, pal, the reactor, man. And you're like, oh, there's a reactor. (laughs) Like, where's movies leave all this shit hanging i'm like you could have just put one sentence in there that's like it's to true. say like man she sure has a temper boom i know something about somebody <laughs> and they do this in batman all the time <laughs> it's true i love the throwaway lines and cartoons they're so funny mm-hmm. and there's so many like disgruntled government employees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super great Yeah. Okay, so now we can talk about Return of the Joker if you're ready for that. Which also, if you don't want to listen to the rest of the podcast, again, why are you here? But still slaps. (laughs) Does, actually. I went to watch, like, the last episode, Mm -hmm. but the last thing that was listed was Return of the Joker, and I was like, I love the Joker. I'm going to check it out. Mm -hmm. So so I say I love the Joker, but I feel like that means a different thing now than it did in 1999. So I love the Joker in the 90s. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. So my probably my favorite Joker is Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. 
I think that being animated kind of lends the Joker that sort of like hyperbolic expression mm-hmm. range that he really needs to be so over the top. And Mark Hamill does such a great job with his voice acting that, God, this Joker's amazing. And the relationship that that Joker has with Bruce Wayne's Batman mm-hmm. is on point. It's so good. Yeah. And they pull it together so well in Return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. You're like, immediately, I have no doubt that this is the Joker. Yep. Even though they use weird science to bring him back, it's so convincing. And they use the weird science to be incredibly traumatizing. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. They really do. They Mm -hmm. really do. If you only wanted to watch like one piece of Batman Beyond, I would recommend this movie. Mm -hmm. I think you could watch it as a standalone. It might be a little weird without at least watching like the introduction of Batman Beyond, but I think it could work. It could still stand up as long as you know who Terry is. Yeah. And you know what the year is, you know? So like if you read the wiki entry and then watch the movie, the movie will probably still work. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, like, the trauma part is so important. Mm -hmm. Like, the characters, like, Bruce and Barbara both tell Terry, like, don't mess with this. Mm -hmm. It's too dangerous. And you're like, but why, though? And then they're like, because. Yeah, they're like, because. This shit. (laughs) It feels like somebody literally, like, pulling up their shirt and showing you a wound and being like, that's why. And then be like, oh, God. Oh, oh okay. God, Jesus. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, they're like, no, we're not fucking around. The Joker's scary as shit. Yeah. You're like, I believe you. Which I've, I'm with you that I like 90s Joker. And I will admit that I kind of like Heath Ledger's Joker of the real people Jokers the most because he's supposed to be a fucking psychopath. Yes. That's where he's supposed to land. He's not supposed to be sad. He's not supposed to be redeemable. He is a fucking psychopath. And the Joker in The Joker Returns returns for the most psychopath reason (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i almost want to try to like not spoil this one just because i i would say like if you are at all interested and you liked it yeah definitely go back and watch the movie because it was good i think i do want to say one thing that i also loved about the relationship of this joker to bruce and to terry and -hmm. it's bat fake bat fake (laughs) it was so like it was such a good choice you know that i was like blown away that when I remember when I watched it the first time, because I watched it many times as a kid mm-hmm. and as an adult, um, I just didn't watch it this time. But when he first started <laughs> saying that, I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Right. <laughs> he knows. I think that was part of why, like, I believe so firmly that he's the real Joker as soon as he shows up. Because he immediately knows mm-hmm. that this other Batman isn't his Batman. Yeah. And calls him out and literally calls Terry out on it immediately. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, wait, no. <laughs> so it was really amazing yeah really very true to true to the joker form loved it yeah my second favorite joker is jack nicholson that's fair i'm just like hardcore into the old batman yeah <laughs> i think that's okay i i don't have a problem i like uh heath ledger's batman it's just not my style yeah or heath ledger i think joker. heath ledger is the most successful gritty yeah if you want to be like oh uh, yeah let's take this very seriously you're yeah. like okay but yeah like if we if we need to t- if the joker has to be a serious bad guy it's Heath Ledger if the Joker is like in his most pure form it's 90s comics and animated Joker that's it absolutely yeah Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's gotta be a little bit ridiculous Mm -hmm. I mean what's the point (laughs) yeah like what's the point of I 
anybody can commit a crime, sure, but it, you have to be in a certain mental state to put on a suit to commit a crime. And I, I mean that of like <laughs> anybody, any kind of suit. Literally, if you have a crime outfit that's not just like black pants or like a bulletproof vest or whatever, something's going on there. <laughs> like that's a far step. So you got to make sure that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Shout out to Harley, who makes an appearance yeah. in Return of the Joker as well. I love her appearance is so cute, too. Because you really wonder great. about it, and then they're just like, oh, yeah, if you were wondering about her, here you go. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> right at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really great. So I love that. Anything else about Return of the Joker? No, watch it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, because it is really good yeah. if you haven't seen it. Ugh, yeah, they do a great job. Yeah. I think it helps that there's so many people who are involved with the animated series also working on Batman Beyond, because there's a lot of continuity. Yeah. And one doesn't eclipse the other to me. Like, mm-hmm. you can like one over the other, of course. Duh, that's just preference. But it doesn't feel like the animated series or Batman Beyond got a different level of attention to its detriment or anything, you know? Like, they both right. feel really, really fucking good and really solid. And both the Batmans in them get a chance to be who they are both as people and as heroes. So, I like it. Yeah. They both do a great job with, like, developing the characters that they work with. Yeah. Like, Terry goes through. I mean, he's a teenager mm-hmm. and he really grows up over the course of the show. Yeah. And they manage to do some of the teenagery things without it being too stupid. Like, he has moments where he's really like, Bruce, I need a night off. I'm, I still have, like, homework and shit to do and Bruce is like sure you could take a night <laughs> off and and some days it's fine and then other days it's like haha no like <laughs> right he's like you don't get a night off in this business <laughs> yeah like you have to learn about what it means to be Batman and it was something actually because I watched a lot of this with Wraith and Wraith was like I got a little bit of whiplash in the first couple episodes because Terry goes from being I need revenge I'm doing this I'm being Batman in that first initial two episode arc to snapping back to teenager really fast mm-hmm. and they were like it's a little jarring and I'm like yeah but it also makes sense because Terry was a teenager before this thing happened to him and a teenager will want to get back to that rather than just be cool this is my whole life now so yeah watching Terry sort of learn the full weight of what it means to be Batman is like a low undercurrent of the whole show because did you watch the call episodes no okay this is when he gets the call from the Justice League because the Justice League is still around and Superman is still around and so he does some stuff with the Justice League for two episodes and then they're like hey remember your predecessor never got past being a part-timer you want to join us and Terry's like no I think he and I have a lot more in common than you guys think Hmm. and it's just a nice way to be like Terry and Bruce have a lot of parallels but Terry is still learning about being Batman right yeah and I think the other side of that is you see a lot of like Bruce's reluctance like he occasionally like backpedals and doesn't want to drag Terry into being him Mm -hmm. and I think Terry doesn't always understand that but Bruce is like I know what I did to all of the other children (laughs) that worked for me. And you're like, he's clearly like, obviously there's some moral problems with this and I don't want to do it to another person. Yeah. He was like, but also Batman. (laughs) Yes. But also like that vigilante streak in him is really Mm -hmm. strong. So it kind of goes back and forth and he's trying really hard to like strike the right balance there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. They do a lot of cool things with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about what's been done. Yeah. What's anybody doing with it now? Well, 
okay. <laughs> so, Batman Beyond is obviously part of the animated DC universe, so mm-hmm. it's not really a standalone in the first place, as we've mentioned. There was meant to be a fourth season, but it got put on hold because of the Justice League animated series. Oh, what? I love that show. Now I'm sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as in, I love both Batman Beyond and the Justice League show. Could that show is more. great. Anyway, sorry, keep going. It's okay. Uh, the Zeta Project is a spin-off show that got two seasons. Oh. Yeah, I've never seen it, Me but either. it exists. We should look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Batman Beyond also has its own comic line and a soundtrack, which Wikipedia described as, quote, industrial. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. That's great. <laughs> So the most exciting thing, I think, was that in June 2020, Michael Keaton was reportedly in talks with Warner Brothers for a new movie to play an elderly Bruce Wayne, reprising his role from Tim Burton's Batman. Ooh. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, So basically, my impression was that the concept of Batman Beyond seems at this point pretty well tied into the DC Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got crossovers all over the place. Yeah. And so at this point, I would expect that there will be plenty of iterations of at least the concepts in the future. I'll be interested to see if somebody picks up Terry's story at some point because it's the Mm -hmm. kind of thing where I'm like, it's not finished. It has some finishing touches in other places and in other comics, sure, but like, there's still plenty of story that you could tell if you wanted to and if you did it right, so it could be really fun. It's true. I mean, the show was made 20 years ago and it was set 20 years, I know, it's set 20 years in the future from us. (laughs) So it'd be really easy, I think, at this point to make some continuation from that because mm-hmm. when we finish when, I mean, when you finish the show Terry's only like what, 18 or 19 yeah I think there's something with him in it where he's older like he's in like his mm-hmm. late 20s maybe 30s that's not his show I think it's a crossover thing that kind of like goes into his background and shit but like I would love it if someone else was like do you remember how he did Terry well welcome to Darren and it's like <laughs> 2085 bitches <laughs> right? and Terry has taken over the Wayne estate and you know they need a new back kid and it's yeah. like a non-binary back kid that would be great <gasps> literally you could call it back kid man <laughs> You did so good. You're just giving that idea away. I'm so mad. Somebody call me. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly would like to trademark that idea. Yeah, and then maybe Backhead like has special stuff for global warming. There you go. Ooh, it could be like Backhead is like has a lot of eco terrorists. That could be Backhead's like big thing. Because Blight could still be around. He's literally oh, a, nu- a nuclear waste dump. It's true. Anything so, can happen. Yeah, you never know. Wow. Anyway. To me, that's the fun of Batman. I think lots of people get caught up on, like, who is Batman? And I'm like, I, like, the Bat franchise as a whole has been expanded to include so many people and could continue to include so many people. I think so. And I think it's really interesting that it's possible that Batman could turn into this sort of Dread Pirate Robert situation. Yeah. Where it's actually just, like, a title that gets passed down. (laughs) Yeah, title, tech, and instincts. That's what you need to be Batman. There you go. Right. So. I mean, for something that started us, it's Bruce Wayne. It doesn't have to be, though. Mm -hmm. I think it really allows the franchise to branch out in some really interesting ways. Yeah. I feel like this is a good balance of like, oh, I remember liking this as a kid. I still like it as an adult. (laughs) Yeah. It's still a pretty good cartoon. Yeah. 
It has stuff that has to work on. It's still pretty good. I think uh, I would give it like an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'd give it a 9 out of 10, actually. Nice. Because I really like the pacing of it a lot, and I find that's my issue with a lot of older cartoons. That's fair. Yeah. It's definitely uh, reached that point in, like, cartoon making where they're like, no, we know what we're doing now, and we're going to rock. Yeah. It doesn't have the overt morality, but it's there. You know, and it's not simplistic because some of the episodes with like the terrible teen tropes, they end at least on a note of like, hey, teens, don't do it. Like, right. they don't say that, you know, like (laughs) there's one where like a guy does some terrible things with a construction robot and it's pointed out throughout the episode that his dad is a shitbag who keeps calling him a weakling. And at the very end, his dad is like, well, at least he's not a weakling now. And literally everyone is like. Bitch, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone just kind of like glares at Batman, just glares at him, and yeah. he just like walks off, and you're like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like that nice way to just slide in, like, hey, kids, toxic masculinity is bad, but they don't say it. <laughs> so it's there. It's not perfect, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, they've come a long way in the morality. It's not like a weird thing tacked on at the end. It's like, let's yeah. actually just build this into the conversation. Yeah. Also, at me, if you remember the Chimera episode and you did want to be a cheetah, because legitimately, (laughs) watching it, I was like, damn, I did think about wanting to be a cheetah. (laughs) That's really funny. Also, Ace is very good in it. Bat Dog is very good in that episode. He's a good boy. (laughs) He's a good boy. It's perfect. Great dog. Love it. But yeah, so that was Batman. Don't play a drinking game with the guitar riffs. You will hurt yourself. I think that's it. Yeah, I think it is. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. This show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess, as part of the Adjective Sphinx Network. The music we used was sung by me and can only be found here. And you can find links to any info we used in the show in the show notes. Find us and our sibling shows on Twitter at Adjective Sphinx or email us at adjectivesphinx at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening.